2022's The Batman has had quite the strange journey in its way to being made. The superhero neo-noir featuring one of pop culture's most iconic figures could have looked completely different only a few short years ago. A struggling DCEU moved away from their original Batflick plans and handed over the reins to the lauded director and longtime Batman fan, Matt Reeves. Demanding full creative control, Reeves departed from any connection from the DCEU in favor of a gritty, grounded detective drama of its own. The process was long and COVID delayed, but the film finally hit theaters in 2022 and became the biggest smash of the year so far, grossing over $600 million worldwide. And it's not done yet. So riddle me this, what has six eyes, three mouths, and two souls? This question and more will be explored today as we ask the Batman, what's it about? I'm your host, Ricardo Blade Diaz. And I'm Seth Crow. <laughs> this is the What's It About Film podcast. That was delayed, buddy. Yeah, I was, I'm looking at the lyrics to Ave Maria. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is the What's It About Film podcast, a show where two aspiring creatives aim to glean the meaning of it all through the media we consume, holding a mirror up to ourselves and seeing how it reflects in our own lives. And today, we are joined by a very special guest. We are joined by actor, writer, poet, dungeon master, handsome fella, and my roommate, Justin Powell. Justin, welcome to the What's It About Film podcast. Hey, how's it going? Hey, man. What <laughs> thanks up, for, dude? Thanks, thanks for mellowing me out. I'm too excited. <laughs> Glad to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so, yes, we're, we're stoked. We are so happy to have you. We've been talking about having you on for basically since oh, the, wow. the very beginning. <laughs> um, and Justin, you picked our movie today, The Batman 2022, which for us... Uh, you know, we we record these things a couple weeks in advance for our people, listeners at home. So right now, currently, the Batman is still in theater. So this is the first film that we have uh, put as a discussion piece that is currently still in theater. So most current film that we've ever talked about. So Justin, why did you pick the Batman for us to to uh, explore today? Um. I had seen it when you, when you guys asked me to pick a film. Uh, I had just watched it a couple of days prior, and it felt like a very interesting intersection of like the times we're at in cinema to me. Um, I have a lot of questions that I'd love, love to pose to you guys about it. Not a couple, not a lot. Um, but it really just makes me wonder, like, back in the day, you know, Taxi Driver was like the big film that everyone was going to see. Then The Godfather, we had these like auteur filmmakers putting out these classics. And now we have things like Joker, which is essentially Taxi Driver. And we have The Batman, which has a ton of allusions to like Fincher and it kind of owes a lot to those films. And so I wonder like, is the only way for us to really push out these more challenging stories now through the lens of a superhero film? Do we have to Trojan horse these kind of complex stories by adding a name brand to it? So I kind of like poked up a lot of questions. And I also think it's a great film. I think there's a lot to it, but I think there's some some flaws too. And so I'd love to kind of just hear your thoughts on them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, what was your first impression of the film? Like if, not to go into your full thoughts, but like just like basis. First time you saw it, you walked out, what were you feeling? I really enjoyed it. Um, it's rare that I ever see a three-hour film that I think that film deserved to be three hours but it did move along pretty well. I thought even with that, mm -hmm. the pace was pretty good. 
Um, I love the performance of Pattinson. I thought all the performances were really great. Uh, Dano is incredible in the limited times we see him. Um, yeah, and I, I really enjoyed, I think this was the first Batman film where they made Gotham look so horrid that you could, because there's always that case with Batman where they're like, hey, maybe you just donate money to like social programs to actually help people. But this one is the first time I've seen a Gotham where I'm like, that might not actually help. It seems like this is just so awful that the Batman does seem more necessary. And I kind of like too, that we didn't have to traipse over the origin story and we got to just kind of dive right in. So those are some, mm -hmm. some basic thoughts. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Seth? What were your first impressions of this film? Uh, I, I mean, I give it a 7.4. 7.4. That's, that's my, that's my assessment. If I had to give it a rating, that's fresh. Uh, On Rotten Tomatoes, uh, it's a fresh rating. Yeah, I I think it like it is up there, like it it fits in with the Nolan Batman's in terms of like quality, but I don't think it's groundbreaking, and I don't mm. think it's um, like it's a good movie, but it's not. It didn't blow my face off like like the dark like the Dark Knight blew my face off, mm. you know. Like this was just a good movie. Mm -hmm. I can I kind of see what you're saying. I agree. I thought it was good. I I enjoyed it a lot. I agree. It. I was in the theater and I was watching and I like you know just just checked the time on my phone and before I knew it it was like two and a half hours through and I was like whoa like this has been just moving right along and, mm -hmm. and there's only like a you know a few minutes left. I can't believe that. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought it was really good. I like that it took a a. It, it had a, a more of a slow burn type of approach to a Batman film that we hadn't seen in, ever. You know, all the, like specifically you're talking about like the dark Knight has a very frenetic kind of energy to it. Yeah. Uh, this one was very much a slow broiling, uh, which they I got, really enjoyed about it. I liked it a they, lot. They, I, I agree. They caught the tone of Gotham. Like, mm -hmm like the feeling of the movie was correct for the world. Mm -hmm. um, it, you felt the, you felt the Gothic nature mm -hmm. of the Batman in this film. And I think Pattinson, uh, I think Pattinson's a good Batman. I think like, I like to watch him in the suit. Like I want to see him in the suit. And um, so that's a victory like mm -hmm. for this film. Yeah. And I would go see more. Um, however, uh, there were, there were certain, like, it, there was, it, there was moments where I felt almost cheesy. Like they were leaning into old detective tropes from old detective movies mm -hmm. that just felt like, okay, this is like, this is too, too much of an illusion to, to old cinema. Mm -hmm too much uh like the freaking music like dun 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 <laughs> like that crap just like when like he like looks down like when he's like leaning into the the burning vehicle to look at the penguin and it's like dun 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 like i don't know it just like it just there were certain moments that they just they tried to do that old school movie stuff and it didn't work for me. Mm. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm totally just ranting at this. No. Go ahead. And then, and then like also 
also like it, it was weird it was a weird juxtaposition because there were other moments where they tried to be too realistic like the squirrel bat suit thing mm-hmm. like like i i hated that i hated the squirrel suits because mm-hmm. i was like dude i i don't care i don't i don't need i don't need it to be real i want to see batman with his wings glide down i don't need him to have to like put on a squirrel suit to fly it took it took me out of it those are my that's those, those were like the two for me standout flaws or just like i it, it broke my concentration in the film see i didn't mind the the squirrel suit um until they showed us the shot of his face which i was like i just don't think we need to see that um of him actually flying but I enjoyed this idea of like a fresher Batman who wasn't quite as prodigious as like Christian Bale's Batman was just so you kind of felt like, is he ever going to lose? And they had to like use these extreme things to help to have him lose against Bane, where he was like retired for years and then came back and fought and then broke his back and all that. Um, so I kind of liked that, but I also felt they'd never pushed it far enough because in that exact scene, he like crashes into the ground. And then he's just fine. And it's like, well, if you're yeah. going to play with like this realism, yeah. then you have to like give him those injuries too. And, or give the, like more of, I thought the cops were going to come after him at that point. I, I guess they were like, well, he jumped off. We're done. Like he's, he's yeah, clearly exactly. gone. Um, and even, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what you want to get into. So I don't want to like jump ahead to these other no, thoughts you're fine. I have, but ultimately. Structure like, is, we're... structure is a suggestion here. Right. <laughs> um, we're, we're nerding. We're nerding. Let's, 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 Let's go to our our method, <laughs> our tried and true method, okay. and then we will nerd some more. Uh, yeah, I just one more thing I just wanted to t- uh, tap on is again, this is our first film that we were doing that has come out and is in theaters that we had to go in theaters to see it. But this is also the first film that we're talking about and discussing that was produced in the COVID era. So this film started shooting in January of 2020 and got shut down for five months when the pandemic started. Um, and then restarted in like September and then got shut down again when Pattinson got COVID for another two weeks. <laughs> uh, so this is like the first film that we're watching that was made in this era of COVID, which I think is interesting. Um, I don't know if it had an effect on the movie as far as what I could see, but I just think that's, that's something interesting to touch on. Um, but let's move right along to how this film came to be. So it was directed by matt reeves who uh some people might know from he directed cloverfield he directed dawn of the planet of the apes and war for the planet of the apes um he also uh ah my notes went away um uh he also uh oh no my notes while you're looking for your notes i just wanted to be known my girlfriend listens to all of our podcasts and she says they're good oh Thanks, she Sarah. She thinks we have a real podcast here. So to to her and to all of our other listeners, we appreciate you. We have the Sarah seal of approval. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. so he directed Cloverfield, Let Me In, Dawn of the Planet Apes, War for the Planet Apes, and of course, The Batman. Um, this film was co-written by Reeves and Peter Berg. Uh, it's not Peter Berg, sorry, uh, Peter Craig. Uh, Peter Craig wrote The Town, Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 1 and 2, Bad Boys for Life, 12 Strong, The Unforgivable, Top Gun Maverick, and The Mother. Uh, so this guy has definitely got his hands in some blockbusters for sure. Um, but basically, this film's journey started way back in 2013 uh, when 
Ben Affleck was Batman uh, and signed on to do his three movies, Dawn of Justice, Suicide Squad, and Justice League. Originally, Affleck was developing his standalone Batman film that he would co-write and direct with Jeff Johns. Uh, But, um, you know, uh, things didn't quite go as planned as the DCEU kind of stumbled out of the gate uh, and struggled a little bit. And eventually uh, the Batfleck uh, Bat film uh, didn't quite come to fruition. Uh, Affleck stepped down and they reached out to Reeves, uh, who, again, longtime Batman fan, said, I'm only going to do this if you guys give me full creative control. Um, and they, they did, they acquiesced (laughs) and he decided he wanted to disconnect it from the DCEU and make its own thing. They call, they say this movie takes place in earth two. That's what WB says. Uh, and basically he wanted to, yes, go back to these Fincher-esque neo-noir type films, took a lot of inspiration from, from those old, older and maybe even more contemporary, uh, detective stories, that grittier, more grounded approach uh, this film is has a lot of influences and elements of many different Batman runs, uh, but one of the biggest ones that it takes influences from is Batman The Long Halloween and Dark Victory, um, which he kind of intertwined uh, into the pillars of Gotham uh, being corrupted and the intertwining of the criminal underbelly. He modeled the Riddler after the Zodiac Killer, which mm. I thought was really cool. And I definitely, after reading that, I was like, oh, yeah. For sure. Like, if you've seen the film The Zodiac or if you've seen, like, Seven, like, this character has very much those kind of vibes to them. Uh, And he modeled uh, Carmine Falcone after Whitey Bulger, which also makes a lot of sense. Who's Whitey Bulger? Uh, From, uh, yeah, he's a famous gangster from the Northeast. Okay. From from New England. Uh, And he modeled uh, uh, Pattinson's uh, Bruce Wayne after Kurt Cobain. This idea of the the rich celebrity that struggles with his own celebrity status type of thing and kind of is a little bit reclusive in that way. Um, so those are a lot of those influences. Oh, and apparently, I looked this up, this is the highest grossing serial killer film of all time. Yeah. Which I think is, you know, like Justin was saying, packaging something that has a little bit more rich deep storytelling into something with that like recognizable IP pop culture clout um, gets stuff like this. Um, so guys, uh, for those of you at home who haven't seen the Batman or have already forgotten what it's about, maybe you're listening to this in the future. Who knows? Uh, here's a quick IMDb summary of what this film is. When the Riddler, a sadistic serial killer, begins murdering key political figures in Gotham, Batman is forced to investigate the city's hidden corruption and question his family's involvement. So, we are at that moment, the titular question. Seth, would you like to ask it, or do you want me to ask it? I'll, I'll ask it. Okay. Hey, Justin. What's it about? I mean, I think part of the reason I explored this one was or wanted to choose this one rather was just that i think there are a lot of deep themes going on here i actually saw this twice um and it was interesting because i was going to go see spider-man far from home with ricky when he had got back it would have been the second time i saw and i canceled it at the last minute because i was like there's really nothing for me to dig into in that film i don't hate spider-man far from home was a fine film was fun but there's you mean no no way home no way home sorry no way home um but there's just not a lot of like 
I don't know, interesting themes. Whereas this one, I think there's a lot, a big journey from Bruce to being like a Republican to more of like a lefty ideology that he adopts by the end. There's questions of like godhood. Um, we see that early on, you know, he says, I'm vengeance. And they have that, I think, a really great opening where all of the criminals are looking into the darkness thinking is there he has this omnipresence almost like a god right like he's created himself to be this god and then we of course have the riddler singing ave maria and flooding the town very biblical um so i don't know there's a there's a lot of things at work here i do wonder it seems like ultimately it's we need to not lead from a place of vengeance and lead from a place of hope or a place of redemption uh for a, a town as opposed to just punishing it which is very like Michel Foucault, um, the philosopher who talks about like crime and punishment, how that's evolved over the years. Um, but yeah, I, even, I mean, even the, the, again, going back to like them thinking he's everywhere, this omnipresence that is very similar to uh, Foucault. Foucault's uh, ideology around the Panopticon, which is the, you guys, the Panopticon, the prison, um, uh, no, please explain more. It's uh, yeah. a prison they came up with where there's a guard tower in the center and all the cells on the outside so that the prisoners never know if they're being watched, which forces them to be on their good behavior. Now, obviously, we see these criminals aren't like forced to be on their best behavior, but we do see some of them like running away from the crime they're committing or maybe not engaging in a crime because they see that signal because they think he's everywhere. Um, so I think a lot of questions of punishment. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm interested to hear what you think it's about. Oh, I, I totally was picking up on the, the, like you, those biblical vibes, right? Uh, obviously like, uh, the very first thing we hear is, uh, Ave Maria, which is the a Latinized version of Hail Mary, um, which is a prayer in, uh, the Christian faith that's asking for forgiveness, right? It's asking for grace. Um, please forgive us our sin, uh, us sinners now at the hour of our death, um, so there is this idea that this killer, the serial killer, has some kind of, maybe not like, I'm, I'm trying to put this in words, but he he definitely is enwrapped in this idea of, of grace, but also like, like you said, punishment in a way. Like, I'm judging the sinners kind of thing. Um and of course, we get Batman calling himself vengeance, which is another form of like wrath, right? Um, we get the sins of the father. Um, we get a lot of biblical uh, references, for sh- absolutely for sure. Um, uh, and I just think it's it's, it's so fascinating. Um, I'll get into a little bit more of like Ave Maria because it, it is so prevalent throughout this film. But I just want to say, yeah, this idea for me, it is about past trauma. And, and the word I wrote down uh, that really hit me was uh, scars, uh, this idea of scars. And even uh, Batman has that little monologue at the end where he talks about our scars and what they what they do to us. Um, and how do we move forward after we're we're deeply wounded? Do we take those scars and do we brandish them and use them to create change in the world? Or do we allow those scars to change us um, for the worse? Right. Um, which I think is a really, I think is emotionally very like a resonant type of theme that I think is super, super like contemporary, if uh, if I can be honest. Um, what about you, Seth? How you? How, what are you thinking? Amen. 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 Uh, <laughs> yeah, I uh, I agree with you. Um, 
especially about the scars stuff. I, I, I hadn't thought about like the socio political uh, angle, uh, I, which I like. I, that's, that's cool. Um, uh, but I, I would agree with you, Ricky, about his, that whole last monologue with about scars is really, in my opinion, the thesis, but it's, I think, I think it's like kaleidoscoped out from there. If you look at who this Batman is and how he moves through the world and, and then you compare him to the Riddler, right? So this Batman is a stunted kid. That's why it works so well, I think, is like this Batman is an adolescent. He is struggling. He is, uh, hasn't got it all figured out. And it makes him very human. Um, and he's also very privileged. And that's extremely highlighted by the Riddler because he, would, he is only Batman because he's so rich otherwise his psychosis would come out a different way you know he has the privilege of not killing people you know where like like one of the, the one of the lines that commissioner gordon is like commissioner gordon's like uh th- yeah that gun that's that's your thing man <laughs> like like he's like he's like no and it, it, like this Batman's almost autistic. Like he's so like stunted emotionally that like, and, and I think Pattinson executes it super well. Is like when he's like walking around in the bat suit, like he seems like a dweeb. He seems like a nerd <laughs> to a degree. And uh, yeah, I think if I had to, so like to, I will agree with you. But if I had to like put it in a phrase that's uh, I think more concise is I think this specifically is about how you deal with childhood trauma hmm. and what you what what you how you deal with childhood trauma and how it manifests later in life. Oh yeah, I mean we definitely see that reflected in at least two other characters we see that in in batman we see that in the riddler which is very obviously being like played as a foil to batman in that they're both orphans quote unquote you know even the riddler even brings that up like how dare you call this rich privileged kid who lives in this penthouse an orphan like that's not an orphan (laughs) this is an orphan and i'm an orphan i had nothing i was abandoned the city even the city that was said they would take care of me abandoned me you know um, and then we also see it in Selena Kyle's character, um, who, you know, whose mother was working in this, this CD club as like a pseudo, like cocktail waitress, call girl type of thing. Um, yeah. uh, who had a father who was a, a you know, spoiler, by the way, everybody, everybody know, listens to the show knows we go into full spoilers. We don't hold back on anything. So spoiler alert. <laughs> Well, I think we're well past the spoiler alert at this point. I, I, I put spoiler alerts all over everything I put out. I'm like, just so you guys know, we go full into everything. But yeah, uh, uh, Selena Kyle's father being Carmine Falcone, the you know the head of this crime syndicate, uh, who refuses to claim her. 
um, is is in her that her being her like childhood trauma and that motivating the basically the rest of her life into like becoming this like burglar uh, uh, and like having this one goal of of killing Carmine Falcone basically. Well, did she have that goal before her friend was taken? Though it didn't seem no. like that was like her our all present no, goal. It was, but more she that wanted she to steal from him. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Uh, right. Very, very true. Um, but you can see how her trauma affected her life and to where she's at mm-hmm. n- now. For sure. Um, and there is this this recurring theme of like the scars of our past. And how we respond to it in the present. So, like, you know, we, we obviously we get Bruce Wayne, we get the Riddler, we get Selena Kyle, and then we even get a little bit of it with like Martha Wayne. You know, she she was you know ha- had a mental illness uh, and was uh, uh, hospitalized for it, um, and that's a that's a a you know a trauma and that's a, a scar of her past that she had moved past and was hopefully working on. And then some reporter comes out and wants to dredge it up, you know, which is interesting. Using her scars against her, in a in a way. Um, I mean, I would but, argue because I think a, a huge part of this film that can't be ignored is like the corruption of the mm-hmm. like ruling class, essentially, um, mm-hmm. of those in power. And so, like, even that, like, I, I don't know if it was about like, yeah, I'm gonna like mock this woman. It was more like, hey, he paid hush money to these people that were also mm-hmm. corrupt and I'm exposing that and in exposing that, I have to expose what he paid the hush money for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it's something that I think like the movie wants to really tackle, but it, mm-hmm. it pulls back in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. I feel like it does that a lot. It does that with Thomas Wayne. When... I was just going to say, they really pull back from having him being a, 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 a dark. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. He had only, he made a mistake, but he was always a good, a really good guy. Yeah, we had one scene of Batman like dealing with that, which also like you're the world's greatest detective, and a crime boss just told you this thing, and you're like, "Yep, that must be real." I mean, <laughs> there's a couple yeah. like world greatest detective moments in this film that really, it's it's tough when like I'm picking up things that the world's greatest detective is not because I'm not a goddamn detective. <laughs> but I told this to Ricky yeah. before he saw it. I'm like, dude, and when you get those that thumb drive of all the photos, and they're all from a similar angle. Don't you think like, hey, I'm going to check out that angle and see if I can find anything. And then that's the best meme I've seen. It's like, it's like, it's like the best meme I've seen is like, it's, it's like uh, Commissioner Gordon being like, hey, all these pictures are taken from the same place and it's across the street. Should we go check it out? (laughs) So there's that. There's the El Rata Alada, which is like, First off, there are so many moments where he's never he never he doesn't say like a bat until like the third time through, and I'm like, how did that was my first thought? Or like, why wouldn't you go down each line? Like, why wouldn't you be like, that could be a penguin, that could be a bat, that could be a falcon, and then, gosh, what was the other one? Oh, the URL, the URL thing was a leap for me. There were some leaps, but it's like, how do you not? I don't know. You don't know Spanish. You can't like look up. I knew like when I heard, I was like, I'm pretty sure it's La Rata. <laughs> I'm not Batman. And then the yeah. the last one was the the weapon. He like finds oh, out the- right at the end, like, wait, that's a something used to like pull up carpets. It's like, why wouldn't you you didn't bother to consider what it was? Yeah, before that's this not like a, a, like, yeah, that thing is not like a normal like knife yeah. or, or or club or that's a very specific thing. And Riddler doesn't just do anything to do. You know what I mean? It's always specific to what he's well, doing. I, in defense, 
a little bit. Uh, I think that's maybe somewhat intentional. Like, I think the point is, is that he is, he is this adolescent version of Batman where he's not going to, he's not going to like, he doesn't get it right every time, you know, and he doesn't see all the things. Um, I will say, I agree that there were some heavy handed cheesiness with the plot, which I did not like, but it is, I think, an homage to old school detective movies. Mm. And, uh, you know, they're trying to like give it that old school detective feel. Like I hated the scene where she's wearing the contacts and she goes and talks to the table and like somehow he just starts confessing all this crap to her. And then she like immediately leans in and is like, what do you know about the, you know? And it's like, it's like, this does not feel, this feels like a, a detective film convention. Mm. Like it feels like a trope. Mm. I mean, I, I hear that point that he's like an adolescent, but I guess my thought is, you need to then make clues that I wouldn't get as a, as a standard person right. who's going to watch this film for the first time, but are still like believable that he would miss. Like, I think it's, it's fair to say that, yeah, the Riddler is like quote unquote smarter than Batman in this case. Um, and I think there are ways that you could do that without having these kind of very obvious, because it's not even just him. It's like, he's also sharing this with like Gordon. So Gordon's also not like questioning these things. Um, but then in terms of the political corruption, you know, they really point out how all of these people are corrupt. Um, even like the cops, they're all in his pocket. But then we have those moments where they pull out Carmine Falcone and all the cops are there. It's like, yeah, not all cops, which is like, what's the message you're really trying to go for there? Mm -hmm. And then even at the end, you have the politician who stands up and is like, we have to restore the faith in the institutions. And my question is, why are we trusting this politician? I, I feel like they're trying to say, like, we should really kind of deconstruct all of these places but that's too radical to say maybe in a batman film mm -hmm. and so it's like no it's just these these people that were bad i was just gonna say it them. feels like yeah it feels like this film is pulling its punches a little bit mm -hmm. like it's like we can't be we're gonna be bleak we won't be too bleak we want to give a glimmer of hope and and because at the end he is talking about like oh, you need like hope and you need you know you need to be a symbol of hope and and all this stuff and and you're right. The film pulls its punches for sure. Because, like, honestly, I thought that uh, the Senator Rial uh, or the, you know, the the uh, the woman running for uh, uh, that that seat of Gotham, I thought she was she was also corrupt because it seemed like they were dropping hints to that. Like there was a whole like in Riddler's place, it said something about like real. This is the real something or other like and real was like like bolded or something like that. And I was like. Oh, is he saying that she is also on the take in some way or another? Like maybe with a, a rivaling faction of some sort that like have, we haven't been, you know, I thought that maybe there was something underneath that, but then it's like, no, he was just trying to give clues as to like, no, I'm going to kill everybody, especially that person, you know, which it doesn't make sense to me. Cause that, cause this whole thing is like, this city is corrupt. This city is corrupt. Everybody needs to be taken down. Riddler's whole thing. Right. It's like, but then there's this, there is this one politician that isn't, and you want to take her out too, even though she's like, this is this renewal program is bullshit. We actually need real change, you know. Like I don't know, it's weird. It's like a, a weird little hypocritical thing that the Riddler's doing. What do you guys think? I have complicated thoughts about it. 
Okay. Is that all you're going to say? Uh, I mean, I want to let, uh, I would like you, if you have things to say too, say them. Um, I'm something. So you've never heard me proliferate this long, Justin. Sometimes I don't know what I'm going to say until I've already said it. Uh, so <laughs> that's such a Michael so, Scott line. <laughs> Sometimes I start a sentence and I don't even know what I'm going to say. I just trust it'll come yeah, out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's a kind of a recurring theme on this podcast is like, uh, when I start uh, thinking, uh, it can get a little convoluted. Uh, so I'm just giving you the, um, the floor if you want it. And then I can, I, I might spiral into a, a rant okay. or something. Uh, sure. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I very much lean lefty on politics. And I don't want to make this like too political, but it does seem like the message is like, oh, it's just like not that leader. Like if we get the right person in power, then like it's going to be a okay, which I think is kind of a flawed argument in general. I think like we saw the most change in the US in terms of certain things when people like united and came together and were like marching in the streets and demanding change. Like it really is a collective, I think that can enforce mm -hmm. better change than like this one person that gets into power. Like I, and I think that's a negative thing. I'll try not to keep going on this politic rant um, about. See, it's easy. It's, it is, easy. it's too much. Um, but like when Trump got out of power, the thing I was worried about was like, people are going to become apolitical again, which was kind of what gave rise to his power in the first place. And how he got into office was people were just like, ah, I don't really follow this stuff. Like, ah, he's an idiot. I'm not going to worry about that. Um, and I think we've kind of pulled back to that same place where we're still having these atrocities happen, these fun, these horrible laws that are getting passed. And people are just kind of like, yeah, that sucks. Or like, I didn't hear about that. I've, I've talked to people. I haven't heard about some of these, like, like the quote unquote, don't say gay bill in uh, Florida and things like that. Um, and so I think it's like a weird posit to kind of rail against politicians, but then also say, oh, but we do have these like one, one person can be the one that makes a difference. And in terms of like the Riddler, I think I'm actually more on the Riddler's side. I don't think violence is the answer. It kind of reminds me a little bit of like the radicalization of Killmonger in Black Panther. Um, this person that takes this, uh, brutal injustice and decides like, I'm going to enact violence on it. Um, which is maybe a step too far, but I can understand why Riddler would think that given like the corrupt nature of all of these people, all of these people have been like, yeah, Riddler's killing them, but all of these people have been slowly killing citizens of Gotham for years. Mm -hmm. It's just not as overt. It's not them with the, uh, the weapon that the Riddler had. It's them just like, no, we're not putting money into those things that will help you. We're taking that away and using right. our own wealth. And um, so, yeah, I well, think, yeah. Oh, oh, I was just to say uh, the, the the playing into this idea of like the biblical right is like their their deadly sin is like their greed right they they had a chance to to make a real change in Gotham by taking out um, Maroni uh, who was the the head of this like drug cartel basically they had a chance to take him out and instead of taking him out and, and destroying his drug operation the city of Gotham itself adopted it and came, went into went into uh, uh, cahoots and got basically Falcone uh, Falcone basically got them under his thumb as soon as they decided to be greedy and take this this drug operation for themselves and then you know he caught them and now he's like I own you guys yeah you know? and Falcone could be a representation for like just companies that own senators right that donate to their mm -hmm. funds and then these senators pass bills that help the companies out and you know Amazon doesn't get taxed and things like that mm -hmm. um but there's like a telling line again, I think like Bruce goes from kind of like our 
a full-fledged righty to more of a lefty by the end of the film because at a certain point he talks about the girl Anna who was killed and says well she made her choices like she has to live mm. with the consequences and Selena says like what choice do you think she had and so that's mm. another factor is like Bruce kind of stepping in and even going back to that biblical thing like he kind of started as this Old Testament God vengeance and the Old Testament God is just like you know slaughtering people whenever he wants mm -hmm. to like this New Testament version and even like in the sunlight that's all about like bringing people to the kingdom of heaven like this hope and what's like the last thing one of the last things we see batman doing is like putting this girl uh who's about to get raised up mm -hmm. into the into the sky right mm -hmm. um so yeah i mean all that to say i just don't think they pushed these this political angle far enough or they were too maybe scared of doing that because the riddler is basically like a, a q anon or like a trumpy like someone that charged mm -hmm. the capital right um and so they want to show like clearly that's bad but simultaneously like while all these cops are corrupt, there are a lot of them that are really, really good. And like, it's not the institution, it's the people. We got the bad people out so the institution can stay. And I think that's just a very flawed way to look at everything. Mm -hmm. um, I think it really is these institutions of power that we don't question. We just accept that mm -hmm. hurts our country a lot more than just like one bad dude. Mm -hmm. Seth, uh, what were you thinking? Well, I will, I will give this film a little credit in that in terms of Batman films, I've never seen so much life lost. Mm. Like, realistically. Like, I mean, a lot of people died in this movie, if you think about mm -hmm. it. And, like, a real atrocity happened. You know, like, the whole city flooded. And people died, you know. And so, I don't think it held it, pulled its punches in that way. You know what I mean? Not, because no. that, that stuff that stuff happens. I mean, like, and I, I guess I'm, I'm seeing a little bit more of, I get what you're saying. Like you wanted it to be more overt in its messaging. Um, as, if that's the message, but I think personally, if, if, if I'm looking at it from like a political analyst, political lens, I think it's, um, I think the message is a little bit more complicated and uh, the message is more of this like give and take, right? Like this, like sometimes the Riddler is going to win and the, the floodgates will come down, but the Batman is there to help rebuild. Right. And so like, I guess what I'm saying is, it's like, and maybe this goes back to like Ave Maria, in that um, we're all like, we're all trying to figure it out. And like, the hope is, is that the hope is that while we're figuring out there will be grace, right? Like, uh, there will be salvation. Um, there will be a comfort. Uh, a, a holy mother that will be our advocate. And I guess what I'm saying is like the Riddler is right in some, in a lot of ways. Um, but uh, it's, it's complicated, man. Like, like how, how, like, how do you freaking, run a country you know like 
how do you make a city work and it not become corrupt? I mean, right now we're dealing with this Russian Ukraine stuff and like, how do you end a war? You know what I mean? And I guess, I guess I, I think I see what you're saying that they could have made a stance, a bigger stance that they, but at the same time, I, I think, I don't think that's the message that's trying to be presented totally. I think the message is a more complex one in that it's more about we're tr- we're all trying to just like we're all we all want our scars to transform us in the right way, right? We all want we all want to be transformed positively, but we're just kind of just we're trying to figure it out as we go. And um and I think I think the I think Batman is just trying I think it's about the the intention your intention right um as to how those scars will manifest. I don't know. Like I said, I'm probably just spiraling. Um, <laughs> um no, it's okay. Uh, to to both of your points, I think it's interesting that this film, you're right. This film as far as the Batman movie goes, really goes hard on the loss of life, right? Like we do, we not only see a, a lot of murders in this in this film. Like you're right when that when that uh, when the city floods, you see a lots of people get swept away and probably die. Um, so it's we it's, in, it's I think it's interesting, and it might say something about the the way that our society is set up right now that we we are so less willing to pull punches when it comes to violence and loss of life than we are to to analyze our political systems like we're more afraid to to attack our political structure than we are to show a massive loss of human life which i think is interesting well i think that's kind of been the case for years um right like capitalism kind of repeats itself it won't it doesn't want you to question it um because then it could end um but I think that's like, I would push back. I guess what, what I'm saying is I think the film was already leaning towards this very leftist ideology and a lot of it, like, cause yeah, the scars are there and like, we have to try to overcome that. We're all just trying our best, but simultaneously, like how does Selena overcome her scar of like, I'm going to kill this man. I'm going to like take a life. It's because Batman's there to like help her. It's that community, that ability to like lean on someone else. And I think that was kind of felt like where the film was leaning to was like, yeah, it's like when we come together, then we can actually like repair these scars. And that's what they say about trauma too. Like, trauma one of the things that's so tough about it is it builds the shame in the individual that has it and when they don't share that with others that can just keep building and it can keep manifesting in different ways because it's like this this horrible secret that you don't want to let out um and even like the flood like when you know i'm touching back into my catholic school days but when god quote unquote flooded the earth it was because he was like it's full of sin and i need to wipe it out and start afresh and so like that's what the riddler was trying to do there and just a quick it pick on the on Gotham City's policies. Why would you send all your citizens into like a bowl like arena? <laughs> like, that's yeah. like the worst. Shouldn't place. They, yeah, shouldn't they go to a high Everyone, ground? Go downstairs. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, maybe maybe the arena is built on like the highest point. It's fine, like, but I just saw all know. these people like running no. down the stairs. I'm like, this seems like an awful idea. It's just getting flooded. Um, but yeah, so it seemed like they were leaning towards this, like very much, like yeah, like we need to deconstruct. You know, there's the point where. 
they say like, we think every single cop in here is probably under Falcone's payroll. Um, but then all the cops show up and are like, yeah, no, not, not us. And it's like, so, so what, what do you want movie? Do you want it to be a story of like, yeah, these institutions need to be wiped out themselves and like start with something fresh or do you want it to be like no it's it's actually just like there are some people that are bad but other people that are inherently good and they're going to be good and to me i think that's a flawed uh i just think that's a flawed logic in terms well, of again that my political question leader. yeah well my question would be how many of those cops are actually not bad cops quote unquote right like falcone's been caught like it, it does them no good to to make it seem like they're on his side right so like how many right. of those cops are I'm, actually just fronting i'm just going with what the movie presented which right. is carmine right. saying like do you know how quickly i'll get out and he's saying like not all cops then he goes out and there's all these cops right. there so i mean sure i'm sure there are some that are just that but the movie's clearly presenting this like yeah like you see there are still good cops here and mm -hmm. yeah no absolutely and if i could bridge the gap between like what I and I have a tendency to do this a lot, and Seth and I uh, in the show is like I tend to look find like my themes and what I'm getting out of the film in the in the characters most for, first and foremost, and so the the idea of like the scars and how they affect us and how our wounds change us, how do we move forward after our wounds? I think that can be broadened out to our society, right? The past traumas the past wounds and the past scars of our society. How do we move forward from those? Do we let them shut us down? Or do, like you said, do we come together to heal each other um, and move forward for the better? Like Batman represents that in a person, but he's an inspiration for that as a, as a collective. He's a symbol of that. And I think even though people don't know that he is, cause they don't know his history. That's that is what he is. He's not vengeance. He's, he's, he, he is and he isn't, you know what I mean? Like, he, yes, it is for him at first. It's about revenge, trying to get back and relive the night of his parents' death where he's trying to stop that, that from happening ever again. He's reliving it in his own way. And to, like you said, becoming a, a, a form of grace, uh, almost like a, a, a salvation type of figure from vengeance to salvation, I think is, is such a, a really great character arc. And I think, what what I came away with this film was this idea of how how have my, the scars of my past affected me and how have I moved forward from there? What In what areas have they shut me down and what areas have they changed me for the better? Um, and, and it definitely caused me to self-reflect on the ways that I interact with the world around me, for sure. Um, and uh, I don't know how you guys feel about that kind of idea. Um, yeah. Yes. I didn't really phrase the question very well. <laughs> uh, no, it's okay. I think, I think, uh, man, I, I, we're, we're all circling very similar things. I think, and I don't, I don't think we're synced totally mm -hmm. on, on it. Um, but I think, I think we can get there and <laughs> it, so uh, there is this with this movie and what you're saying, Justin, about like the political statements in the film, right? Mm -hmm. I think your mindset is coming from that of that's what, that's what is important, right? Like 
your mindset is man it's more that those things are it's more that if you're going to try and tackle this political stuff then i think it should be important if you if you don't want it to actually be a big crux of your story then i don't see the point in in trying to make those kind of lukewarm statements uh i agree with that statement i am saying what i'm saying is i think what it i think it's i think the film is highlighting how difficult it is to actually run government and actually run political institutions without them becoming corrupt and and what do you do and how do you come combat that and and what do you do when it to correct it and I guess what I guess I'm trying to like, I'm, I'm looking, I guess I'm looking past that layer to get at the like human problem, which I think is what this film is really talking about. And, and it's a lot more of a subtle, I think, argument than like a solutions driven argument, I guess. Did I, did I say, did that make any sense? Yeah, but I, I don't think okay. it's an either or. I think it can be a both and. Um, and in, in this case, like, I would agree with that sentiment if at the end, like like Ricky had said, maybe we saw some kind of hint that this new politician was also corrupt in some way, just not in a way that related to all these other politicians. Or we saw some other cops doing shady things. Um, but it very much seems like, you know, her whole speech is like, we are going to, restore people's faith in the institutions and so it's really like yeah like the argument they're making is it's not the institutions it's the people and now we have the right people so it's all going to be okay so i feel like that's to me that seems like a very clear thing that they're saying and if you're i don't know it's you know and it's very possible that that's just what he believes as a writer as a person um and that's totally fine i just politically disagree with that and i do think it's a statement that is a bit dangerous um in terms of the person um, which I do think it's obviously I think it's more about Batman's arc like that's really the core of it but they have this political backdrop that's also saying something about our society today I mean especially considering Riddler you know is connecting with people via essentially like what Twitch or whatever that streaming yeah. service is um, it's like it's basically Reddit like we're I've, I've been streaming like, streaming for about six months Reddit. now thanks for the donation. yeah that was a great video <laughs> yeah. Justin's judges shared shared a, yeah. a great TikTok in our in our like text chain before this before this podcast and it was somebody had, it was like doing the Riddler like on a TikTok stream and it was it was great it was so it was so spot on he even did the voice like really well too the and I was is, like this is great the internet's undefeated man um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I do think that that the scars and like how we overcome them are is really a huge lesson. Um, but so much of that, I, I think, is is still like kind of leaning into the political side because, yeah, I think I think there's a question of that in our country now too, which is like the scars of our country and how do we kind of try to find a way past them. And there are some people that are like, let's just not acknowledge them. Let's just say it's been too long. And then there are some people like, well, no, we need to like grieve these things and try to make corrections in our institutions. Our institutions are part of those scars. If, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's fair to say that they are scars themselves, some of these institutions that have been created to oppress. Um, yes, I agree. And I think what you're saying about the ending and the hopefulness of the ending, I think you are supposed, I, I think that's what, they, I think that's what's done, mm. right, by any politician. 
And I think you are supposed to step, take a step back and go, wait, I don't buy this. Like it's just another institution. I, I, I would agree with that. And I think for me, it's, the reason why I agree with that is because I think one of the last things that we see is the Riddler in Arkham talking to another figure who basically says like, this story isn't over. Like this is not a, ha- this is not a happily ever after story. Yeah, but I mean, how much of that is? Yeah, we want to add this theme versus hey, oh, and there's some fan service let's there. Tease yeah. Joker, like it, to me, that scene completely felt tacked on. I don't think that was a like we're including this because we need it thematically for what we're saying. Um, mm-hmm. It's possible. I think that's I think that's well, a fair assessment, but I also think that not everyone will come to that conclusion, right? Because we're so well, conditioned to think like one person right. in power can change it. So I, I hear the point, though. Yeah, but I think I mean. But it's still like what we do know, regardless of the film, is that whoever's in power will become corrupt. Like, like it is the it is human nature, right? And like I think that's what I'm saying is like the question is more uh, about like okay, yes, there's these political institutions. Yes, they will become corrupt. Like, so how do we move forward? even though these institutions are going to become corrupt and like, what do we do about it? And, and like, we know that they've been corrupt in the past and then we know they will be corrupt again in the future. So like, how do we govern going forward better? It's never going to be perfect. I guess that's, you're making an interesting point where it's like Riddler's Riddler's whole philosophy is like fire sale, right? Remove everything. Start a new blank slate, right? Well, like, vengeance. Exactly. He's vengeance, right? Right. Yeah. The Riddler says, "Yeah, scorch Earth, start over." Um, which you know, everything, life is cyclical in that way, right? It's just going to come back, new forms of corruption and things c- could come about. Obviously, that's all conjecture. But like, and then Batman's form of of solving this problem is like very like case by case you know, small act by small acts type of thing. So, but that's not effective either. You know, it's like removing, removing it's all, it's, you know, it's, it's plugging holes in a ship that's sinking. It's like, it's like you can only plug so many holes before a big, a big break happens. Right. And the whole thing goes down, you know, Titanic style. You can't, you can't plug all the holes. It's too much. It's interesting. There is the, you're right. Like, what is the answer? Like, what do we do? Like, even even when we do like hold some hold an institution accountable, what's the next step? Right. So, and not, okay. not that there's an answer to that, but it's it's so, really hard. Uh, okay. So what I'm going to try to do here is I'm going to try to take a step beyond this political conversation because communicating from from a political standpoint, I don't think is going to work for what we're actually talking about here. So like, because like, no, no, the truth is, is none of us know, right? Like none of us know how to answer these political problems. And like, I think that's what the message to me, the political message of the movie is, is that how, how do you like, that's why we need freaking mother Mary to save us. You know what I mean? Like we need grace because none of us can do this right. So like from a personal point of view, so like, like you, you are not a good person. You're just a person and you're doing, 
you're doing like you do things wrong right like like you have scars you've been through traumas and you're still going to do things wrong like so how do you move through the world knowing that you are corrupt right like how do you knowing that you're flawed how do you move through the world and be better i'm trying to bring i guess i'm trying to bring it into like a personal question as opposed to a political question because because that's really like that's the only way we're going to be able to really talk about it effectively i think um because that is like being human right like like all of us are just freaking here and it sucks a lot <laughs> and it's painful and we mess up a lot and we try to do the right thing and we don't and like some of us put on capes and masks and try to like follow a personal code and be a a, a figure of justice in the night to cope and then other people blow up freaking walls to, you know, try to make effect change in a city. You know, like, I guess what I'm saying is, is like, I, I don't know exactly what I'm saying, <laughs> but I'm saying that it, I think it's a, a, a personal question. I think, I think we have to ask ourselves like, like the moment, the moment that's coming to mind uh, from the movie is, you know, whenever he's talking about the scars and we see the penguin, right? And like ping, the penguin has scars on his face. It's like, I have a fear. So this is, I guess, me. I have a fear that I don't know how to control how my scars manifest right and we all will have scars and we all do have scars so how do we how do we go about letting those scars transform us in a positive way and our political systems in our personal lives like like what is our salvation Therapy for one. Everyone, yeah. everyone go to therapy. Therapy is amazing. Yeah. We're humans. It's chaotic to be a human. We have so many influences on us that we're not even conscious of that are hitting us on subconscious levels. I'm a huge advocate for therapy. But it's, I mean, that's one of the things is like, do we even know all of our scars? So I think finding those out, having another thing that therapists do is they give us secure attachments, which is rare for a lot of people in their lives, um, especially because a lot of these things manifest in childhood where a lot of these scars happen, which is, I mean, isn't that similar to Batman, right? His is obviously a more traumatic, very singular moment. But for some of us, it can be something as simple as like, oh, you know, my my dad always worked. And so I, I didn't see him much. Maybe if I was a better something, then he would stick around more. And then that manifests into something as I'm older. But of course, I'm not like conscious of it. Um, so I think, first off, like that, finding that stuff out about ourselves and really like taking the time for reflection, which is kind of like Batman's climactic arc moment when the other riddler guy says i'm vengeance like it's not him punching someone it's him 
recognizing like, wow, yeah, like, and it, you know, reminds me of my times in therapy when I'd say a sentence and my, my therapist would then fire back, like, I think you're doing this. And I would just be like, they're holding up the mirror. They're like, Whoa, yeah, you're totally right. I never realized that, but that's exactly what's been happening. Um, but I also think, and I, I do think there's some political stuff there still, which is like, it's a collectivity. It's, it's being able to share these things with other people. These things that we think are horrid scars that make us unlovable are usually something that people are willing to accept. Not everyone. I mean, you're always going to meet people that are just like, that's too much for me. Or like, I don't like that. Or even people that are so steeped in their own scars that they're unable to kind of lean that, that grace across the aisle to you. Um, but I've, I know my own scars in my, in my life, and I'm sure I have others that I haven't discovered, but when I've shared them, I've, often been surprised at how loving and kind the people are um i they still I want you know i don't i want you to know i don't discredit your political arguments yeah yeah I, I don't think you do I, i'm just saying i think there's they're still intertwined to some extent um uh, i i'm just saying all i'm saying is i i think i think we get caught up in a political conversation sometimes because because we're afraid to go to the personal place and like politics are irrelevant. If you can get to that personal place. I'm going to have to just disagree, but I, I hear what you're saying. Um, I think in terms of like connecting with another human, like us connecting here for sure. Like we can get past the politics, just connect as human beings living in this world. But I also think there can be this individualism then that, comes up where we start to kind of tune out the rest of the world and i think i don't know um uh, yeah i don't want to keep getting political here no, um it, well i think i think you you i think they feed into each other right yeah the, the and this film highlights the fact that they do feed into each other that there's there are our personal scars that all of us go through and our personal traumas and then there are scars we have as a collective uh and this film i think especially at the end shows that the the only way to move through those scars is because Batman doesn't get through his stuff by himself. You know, it it's mm-hmm. the compassion that Gordon Jim Gordon shows him. It's the compassion that Selena Kyle shows him. You know, it's it's the compassion that Alfred shows him that gets him past what he needs to get through in order for him to start enacting the change and act. Because throughout the whole movie, he doesn't stop any of the Riddler's plans. He doesn't stop any of the murders Mm -hmm. the only thing he stops is the very last moment after he's had his conversation with alfred after him and jim gordon have connected in that way and then selena kyle coming in at the end to help get him over that line to to for him to lead people out of the darkness you know out of that flood and to their salvation i think there is this collect collectively we need to heal each other we have to come together we have to show our scars to each other in order to heal each other and move forward and rise up rise is what I think up. this movie. Yep. I think is what this movie is, is trying to bridge that gap between the purse, our personal scars and our scars as a society showing that we have to take care of both. Like we have to highlight the fact that this is messed up. We are messed up. We have to take care of both of these things in order to, to come out of tragedy in my opinion, in order to heal. Yes, and 
I think, I guess what I'm saying is I, I, I get, I get what you're saying, Justin, about, about inevitably there are political things, right? Mm -hmm. Like inevitably, but all politics are people. Yeah. See, I would disagree with that. I mean, there's politics in this conversation right now. Yeah. Essentially, you know, like, like this is going to be, I mean, it's just like, what, what, sorry, I almost made a magic gathering reference. Uh, Boy, I, I wouldn't get it. He's, he's not going to understand what is that? that. What is that? Uh, uh, so uh, delete that from the record. Uh, I, uh, what, what I'm saying is, is how we and you interact is a political interaction. Mm-hmm. So I agree with that. Uh, there's, there's no, that politics are just human nature on a bigger scale. So, so like, you're right. Inevitably there will be conversations that are have have to be had politically, but I think it's to change those larger political perspectives. You have to have personal conversations and the personal conversation starts with recognizing each other's humanity and recognizing that we've all been through trauma and that, so like, there's two sides of God, essentially. There's the wrathful, logical side of God, and then there's the emotional, compassionate side of God. And Mary represents the compassionate side of God, which is, I think, why it's highlighted in this film. And so, like, we have, like, I, I, I finally freaking remember the other half of my thesis statement is like, you have to take care of your inner child. You have to, com- you have to, you have to protect it and take care of it in order for it to grow. Otherwise the scars will consume it. So like, I, I, I think I said some things. <laughs> you just sat you did say some things. for like 10 minutes. Seth. You were just but yeah, Seth, we, we actually haven't been recording you this whole time. <laughs> yeah. but, but, okay, but this is a perfect, like I can use me as an example here. Like mm-hmm. my fear that I'm not actually saying anything is a, a like a representation of my own scars, right? Like it's a representation of me being afraid that I am full of crap, you know, uh, and that I actually don't know how to move through this world intelligently. Um, but the fact that you guys are listening, the fact that we're here talking about it, the fact that I, I, I I can get really, I can go really like macro existential on this, but I'm not going to because we don't have time. The <laughs> fact that I'm just like, I, fuck, I'll just, I'll just go there. Like the fact that I'm even existing and I'm terrified of existing, how do I keep moving through it? Does that make sense? And, and like, I guess that's why it's like been so hard for me to like explain what I'm saying it's because like i think this movie's talking about like this it's all scary like and we don't know how to do it and so like how do we find comfort in each other and how do we how do we like, yeah what's it about what's it what's it <laughs> i get that what's it all about it's like, it's, it all it's about? ontology right it's the question of being um yeah and well like again i, I I don't think, I don't think politics is just people. I think there are these institutions that can move people in certain directions, which is why 
I, I wouldn't agree with that personally. Um, but in terms of just, yeah, like how do we move as human beings in the world and try to be caring and try not to let our wounds then cause us to put wounds on other people? Um, I think that is a great question. I think it is in this collective sharing and vulnerability. You know, there's a great um, woman who does research on this, Brene Brown, who's just fantastic. Um, it's all about how like, really we need to lead with vulnerability and with our hearts open and that's how we can actually make change. So often we feel like we have to hide ourselves, but it's really only through the courage to be vulnerable um, that we can find that kind of transformation that we seek. Well, and, and like, sometimes you have to put on a mask to be vulnerable, like, and, and that's what we see, I think, with with Batman and the Riddler in this movie, you know, I like the, the, I think the, the one that sick, the line that stuck out to me the most was when the Riddler is like, this is the real you, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, uh, it's, <sighs> we, to, like think about when you're a kid and like in order to you, you'd play a superhero, right? Like you'd put on a mask or a cape because then it made you feel like you were what you were supposed to be, you know, um, you like there. Well, 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 we as, we as artists, I think understand that. Like yeah. what, what is us creating art? It's us putting a vulnerability, our vulnerability into something that isn't, us saying that we're being vulnerable, we're creating a, a, a mask to express it so that other people yeah. can see it, but that we don't have to like stand up in front of millions of people and saying, this is how I feel. You put that into yeah. a piece of art. Um, I mean, that's what this podcast is, right? Like we're, we're pretending we're talking about movies. Like mm. we're not, we're talking about like, ourselves and and the, the fact that we don't know what the frick is going on like i'm being like sensory like attacked at all moments and i have no control over anything you know so it's like it's like that's what we're talking about and and uh i think that's why i think that's why batman is so such a big deal you know mm -hmm because he's in a way he's doing what we all want to do. We want to put on the mask and be ourselves. Like we want to be able to do a thing, put on something or, or it, be able to embrace who we, who we want to be. And how do you do that? You know, it's especially without masks or, you know, I don't want to I go go into things. this because it's too much, but you should check out Jacques Lacan. He's a French psychoanalyst. He does a lot of research on this kind of stuff. Okay, that's cool. Awesome. And 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 we've been, we've had a great discussion. I know we're, we're we're running short on time here. We've gone a little bit longer than we usually go. But uh, just any final thoughts, Justin? Any final thoughts on the film or about our conversation that you just want to present um, before we uh, say goodbye to each other today? Yeah, man. Come together and love each other. Everyone just yeah. come hug each other. Let's be the Batman at the end of the film. 
Amen. Amen. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Justin, for joining us and bringing us to the Batman uh, to discuss today. We really appreciate your you brought an amazing uh, uh, perspective and side of the conversation. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, do you want to plug 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 yourself? Plug you know plug some stuff that's going on with you. Uh, yeah, sure. You can follow me on Instagram at yo Justin Powell. Um, I'm also a photographer, so you can check out Justin Powell Photography if you want headshots in LA. Hit me up. Um, then just some other stuff in the work, you know. Awesome, awesome. Seth, why don't you shout yourself out? Uh, yeah, I, I have, I have another podcast called, uh, the Crowcast, uh, where I just kind of, you know, do those, those, uh, rants that I just did nonstop for 25 minutes. Uh, so if you want to check that out, it's on Spotify and Apple music, it's the Crowcast, all one word. Well, the, and then Crowcast is one word. Awesome. Thank you. And you can find me. I'm at Ricardo Blade Diaz on TikTok and Instagram. That is my full name. R-I-C-A-R-D-O-B-L-A-Y-D-E-D-I-A-Z. Again, that is at TikTok and Instagram. And of course, please follow all three of us uh, at Character Player. Uh, Justin is our amazing DM for one of our campaigns. Seth and I are both our players. So please go follow at Character Player. Uh, We do some awesome D&D actual play games uh we have a few different shows out we have some great tutorials and skits so please follow us there as well um seth it is your turn no it's not it's your turn no it's It's not not. no oh that's right that's right it's my turn it's your turn i came in so unprepared (laughs) oh god okay um i would love to do a shit. <laughs> first movie you can think of. Uh, I would love to movie. do a shit. Uh, first film I can think of. Uh, I want to talk about The Matrix. Okay. <laughs> That's All the right. first thing that in my head. I've been thinking about The Matrix Revolutions a lot lately yeah. and how much I didn't like it. Yeah. But, uh, the new one? Yeah. Uh, um, not the new. Sorry. Matrix. Uh, what was the new one? Resurrection. I've been thinking yeah. about The Resurrections, how much I didn't like it. And I was like, man, the first one's so good. It Why? Is. What happened? And I want to go back and I want to talk about it. Man. Here's a surefire way for us to not say anything at all next week. <laughs> the Matrix. <laughs> Whatever. I wasn't prepared. Yeah. I, I, sh- I usually do my research. Oh. We, we, have, we have to do The Matrix. We have to do The Matrix. Like, awesome. Yeah. All right. So everybody watch along. Um, let me tell you where you can find The Matrix if you're going to watch along with us. So I'm going to pull it up right now. So you guys know. All right. So you can watch it on Apple TV. You can watch it on YouTube. You can watch it on Google Play and Movies. You can watch it on Vudu. You can watch it on Amazon Prime. And if you have an HBO Max subscription, apparently you can watch it there too. So there are many, many places where you can catch The Matrix if you want to watch along with us. Uh, Thank you all so much for listening. Justin, again, thank you so much for being here. Uh, Love both you guys. Love you Uh, too. Love love you, Justin. Love you too. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll see you on the next time uh, on the What's It About Film podcast. Catch you later. Adios. Bye.